Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bad Bleeps of the Bible. Before we foray into today's episode and story, I just want to say I hope that you enjoyed our most recent Bad Bleeps Uncut episode uh, with my friend Freddie. He provided a lot of cool insights and questions and uh, just an all-around good vibe. So uh, I'm looking forward to having that as a future thing going forward again every other week on Fridays. And that is it for the top of the show. So let's get into our story. King Darius could not sleep. He paced his chambers, eagerly awaiting the breaking of the dawn, when at last it came. He threw on a robe and rushed to the den of his pet lions, terrified of what he thought he might find. The body of his favorite advisor. Or maybe not even a body, who knows. As he draws closer, he shouts into the darkness of the den, Are you there? Has your God who you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? And from the den comes a still small voice that responds, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. This man was saved from certain death. And who is this person you may be asking? That would be our bleep this week, whose story includes, yes, lions, but also deceitful advisors, chicanery, captivity, and unwavering bravery. Our bleep this week is Daniel. The story of Daniel, whose name means God is my judge, begins in the beauty and the fabulousness of the city of Babylon, located about 50 miles south of Baghdad in present-day Iraq. Babylon was located along the Euphrates River, which flowed majestically in and around one of the wonders of the ancient world, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Ah, that's fabulous. In this stunning backdrop, the reign of King Darius unfolded. Darius became king after his predecessor, Belshazzar, was promptly removed from office after a mysterious hand appeared, writing words on a wall foretelling his doom. But that's another story for another day. Just know that for the sake of our story, Darius is king. And Darius obviously knew that he couldn't reign his vast kingdom, which was huge, alone. So he appointed 120 satraps, or governors, to assist in ruling. And then he appointed three administrators to rule over those 120 satraps, or governors. One of those administrators was our man, Daniel, a Jewish captive who we briefly discussed in the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. We're not really sure um, how long Daniel had been held captive at this point, but the entire Babylonian captivity lasted for about 70 years and began in 605 BCE. As I was researching this, I love that one source I read mentioned that this is yet another time Old Testament God allowed Israel to be captured to discipline them for another transgression or another. Always, always, always Old Testament God is putting the spank on Old Testament Israel, I suppose. Regardless, during this time, Daniel had risen through the ranks to become a highly trusted advisor to the Babylonian king. I mean, 
Obviously, since as we discussed, he was basically one of the most powerful men in charge with his appointment as administrator. So super important guy who had literally had come from nothing to this position of power. Craziness. Wow. But Daniel's rise to power was not without folks who wanted to see his demise. In fact, his peers, a particularly nasty group of high officials, constantly tried to find every conceivable way to discredit Daniel and halt his rise to power. They tried to see if he had been lax in his government affairs or in his professional relationships. But like a pillar of virtue, Daniel's record remained untarnished. The officials found that he was trustworthy, and as the Bible puts it, neither corrupt nor negligent. Good for Daniel. Obviously, this ticked off the high officials who, in every opportunity to discredit our main squeeze, Daniel, were thwarted. And it's here that we pause to again reference the epic stories of Veggie Tales. Because if there is one song that has been stuck in my freaking head while writing this entire story, it's this one. Copyright be damned. Oh no, what we gonna do? The king likes Daniel more than me and you. Oh no, what we gonna do? We gotta get him out of here. Oh no, what we gonna do? And now I hope it's stuck in your head too. <laughs> also, it's truly just another shameless plug for four Veggie Tales, uh, literally the creators of my childhood. So. Anyway, circling back, the high officials were ticked off and frustrated, and they were trying to get Daniel to falter and to knock him down a peg somehow. And finally, they discovered the perfect avenue to explore Daniel's ultimate destruction, his religion. In nomine Patris et et Spiritus Sancti. The conspirators concocted a cunning plan to exploit King Darius's vulnerabilities, Specifically, they appealed to Darius's ego and went to him with a lie. These little nasty rats always arrived before the king, groveled before him, and said, Oh, King Darius, your beautifulness, live forever. I'm direct quoting here, obviously. Did you know that the royal administrators, prefects, and satraps, advisors, and governors have, have all agreed that the king should issue an edict that anyone who prays to any god or man except for you, your stunning powerfulness, during the next 30 days should be thrown into the lion's den? Now, if it please you, O benevolent, brave, and bodacious king, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered. And then, like our story of Queen Esther and the idiocy of the king during that story, King Darius just willy-nilly signs this piece of paper and puts the degree in writing that decree, decree, decree in writing that for the next 30 days, no one, anyone, zero people should worship or pray to anyone but him, the king, King Darius. And violation of this carried the ominous penalty of a knight in the formidable lion's den. Certain death. The unsuspecting king, swayed by the flattery of the deceitful little conspirators, unwittingly endorsed this decree, unknowingly laying the groundwork for a perilous trap for his favorite advisor and his main squeeze, Daniel. The decree was now etched into stone and became an unalterable edict. 
When word got back to Daniel regarding the king's edict, I'm sure he was in complete disbelief. How could something like this have been signed into law? How would he, a Jew, worship his own God if this decree meant that he was to worship no one but Darius? Finally, after much consternation, I'm sure, he was resolved to continue his worship regardless of the consequences. So, Undeterred by the decree's absolute draconian nature, Draco Malfoy, Daniel continued his daily ritual of prayer, facing Jerusalem three times a day and offering up his prayer of praise, adoration, and whatever he prayed for. The nasty little rat conspirators, as a group, the Bible tells us, were watching Daniel throughout the day and then were, I'm sure, thrilled to see that he had continued his prayers. They seized upon this perceived transgression and swiftly reported him to the king, saying, O king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or to the decree you put into writing. He still prays three times a day. Remember your decree, O king, that said no one can worship you during the next 30 days, otherwise they'll be fed to the lions. And when the king heard this, he was obviously greatly distressed. But y'all, honestly, he did this to himself. So save your tears for the pillow and fix it. But whatever. Faced with the dilemma of his own making, Darius, bound by his decree, reluctantly ordered Daniel to face the lion's den. Right before tossing Daniel into the lion's den, the king so helpfully said, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. And following this incredibly helpful statement, Daniel was yeeted into the den of lions. A stone was then rolled into place over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring so that Daniel's situation, unfortunately, might not be changed. As Daniel descended into the abyss of the lion's den, the conspirators observed with a perverse satisfaction. The pit, filled with the ominous presence of ferocious lions, seemed an inescapable abyss of death. Daniel, you're sure gonna have fun down there. We're not lying. <laughs> and you all know I love a side note, but truly this portion of the VeggieTales episode slaps. I love that, first of all, they made God a woman. And I love that this whole Daniel in the lion's den was basically a true Broadway moment. I mean... Whatever. Listen to this. Fear not, Don't you know you're not alone? I mean, come on. Giving Joseph and the amazing Tentacolor realness. But anyway, circling back. King Darius at this point is racked with guilt and with absolute remorse. He spent the rest of the day without food and without sleep, contemplating the fate of his trusted advisor and all of his actions that have led to this, and probably his selfishness. And as the first rays of dawn broke, he rushed to the lion's den, a desperate plea etched onto his face. And with an anguished cry, we can assume, the king shouted into the lion's den, his voice echoing off the dark and I'm sure stinky chamber, Oh, Daniel, 
Is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? And for a brief moment, there was silence. When from the dark of the chamber, the unscathed voice of Daniel echoed, stating, O king, live forever. That's sweet of Daniel. I would have said choke and die, but that's just me. He continues, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and hath shut the lion's mouths that they have not hurt me. So even though we don't have an account and a minute by minute tale, throughout the night, the poor lions, who are probably just minding their own business, had the multi-eyed, multi-winged, multi-shaped, and not anything like we picture them, angels holding their mouths shut. Seems rude, but at least Daniel was saved. Overwhelmed with relief, the king ordered Daniel to be lifted out of the den. And in the aftermath of this astonishing miracle, King Darius, now a changed man clearly, recognized the extraordinary nature of Daniel's survival. He was struck by the resilience of Daniel and his incomparable human spirit in the face of adversity. And the king, driven by reason, finally, rather than selfishness and narcissism, issued another decree. This time, it was a good one, because this edict praised Daniel's strength and his fortitude, encouraged the subjects of Babylon to emulate such virtues in their own pursuit and well-beings. How lovely and how wholesome. Oh yeah, and he also struck down his previous decree. Don't ask me why he couldn't have done that before, but it's the Bible. But the king wasn't done yet. Oh no, there was still the nasty little rat advisors of the king who had stirred up this whole pot of nastiness. And the fate of Daniel's accusers took quite the turn. I got a bad feeling about this. In a twist of delicious poetic justice, the king ordered that the advisors be thrown into the very same lion's den out of which Daniel had just been rescued. But... Not only the advisors. The king also ordered that their wives and their children be cast into the lion's den along with them. Damn! And they were. And the Bible, always loving the gory details when bad people get what's coming for them, describes their end saying, And even before they reached the floor of the den, so as they were flying through the air to the bottom of the den, the lions had grabbed them and overpowered them, so much so that all their bones were broken into pieces. Great day for the lions after their little fasting incident the night before, but not a great day for the advisors and their family, I'm sure. And as for Daniel in this story, the Bible tells us that he went on to prosper in the reign of Darius and continued to prosper into the reign of Darius's predecessors. But I am sure he never forgot that one fateful night he had a sleepover with the lions. And that's the story of Daniel in the lion's den, which has become this epic and famous mashup of courage, justice, and beating deception and nastiness at its own game. And it's also a great reminder to, one, be kind and welcoming to those who may think, look, act, and believe differently— it takes zero effort to be nice people. Two, not to become so bogged down in our own beliefs that we become an echo chamber and can't expand our thinking. And three, hold fast to what keeps you grounded and what keeps you sane. 
And before we wrap, I'm going to throw some fun facts at you because I was given the feedback by said Frederick on Friday that sometimes the exposition at the beginning of our stories is a bit much. So I'm going to throw these facts at the end. So here they are. First, Daniel is supposed to be an allegorical story referencing Israel's captivity in Babylon and their unwavering faith, just like Daniel's unwavering faith. And two, this story is meant to resemble Jesus's trial and escape from certain death, just like our main man Daniel escaped from certain death. Also, just because I'd love to say their names, Daniel was captured along with his besties, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who we'll be covering soon. So they presumably were also around during this time of his capture in the lion's den. Lastly... Daniel's around 80 years old at this point. So I guess another lesson is that you can make miracles happen regardless of your age. Sure. And I'm sure you could pull so many more life lessons or yarns from this story, but that's not why we're here. We're here to tell delicious, juicy tales from some of the Bible's most famous bleeps. And that's what we've done today with our tale of the deceitful advisors, narcissistic kings, and forced fasting lions, the story of our bleep Daniel in the lion's den. Now, go watch the VeggieTales episode, people. I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Obviously. So please feel free to get in touch with me and share your thoughts, your church stories, or your questions at badbleepsofthebible at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and the TikTok at badbleepsofthebible. Sources for today's story can be found in our show notes. And please rate, review, and subscribe. Catch you next time and watch out for advisors plotting your demise in a pit of languishing lions. Ugh. Bye. (laughs) 